You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first watch or listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And as you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, I'm still very much under the weather, but I did not want to go two days in a row without a show for all of you. So if you're watching the Today Show on YouTube, thank you so much. Probably going to look a little bit different. But either way, with that being said, let's go ahead and get all right into today's show. Because South Coast football team is set to play in front of their fans in Williams-Brice just two days from today. And while it might not look like there's as many storylines heading into this game compared to, say, last year with obviously all the new faces that South Carolina brought in through the transfer portal and the most obvious storyline being Spencer Rattler playing for the South Carolina Gamecocks for the first time ever, that is not the case. There are still a ton of different storylines to follow in this contest, but I did have to narrow it down to three different ones that I'm going to be watching that I believe the majority of you will also be watching as well. So let's get on right into the very first storyline that I think we're all going to be paying attention to, which is how do Spencer Rattler and the rest of the quarterbacks look in Dow Loggins' offense? We've heard this throughout the entire offseason and throughout all the spring practice. Dow Loggins is not going to be dramatically different from Marcus Satterfield's offense, at least in terms of what they're going to try to do. But there are a couple of main differences here. The terminology is apparently going to be more simple. You're no longer going to see six checks having to be made at the last scrimmage by Spencer Rattler. You're not going to have to see him utter a 16-17 word play call. You also are going to likely see an offense that's going to cater more to Spencer Rattler's strengths, which I'm not going to say that Marcus Satterfield did not do that at all last year, but maybe not as much as some Gamecock fans in hindsight would have liked to see. Matt Zenitz from On3 Sports, based on what he reported a couple days ago on Twitter, Spencer Rattler and Dow Lockett's apparently have been firing at all cylinders throughout spring practice, which of course, again, is a very good sign if you're a Gamecock fan. But obviously, everybody can look like a potential national champion or NFL draft pick when they're going against air, when they're doing individual drills in practice. It is a lot different when you are playing under the lights, and for the first time, the defense is going to be fully let loose. I'm not, of course, implying that Spencer Rattler is going to be allowed to be tackled. I'm pretty sure that that will not be the case. But it's a little bit different when you've got a game situation in front of a live crowd, is my point. So, for Spencer Rattler... How does he look running Dow Loggins' offense? Does the offense look like it has a rhythm to it? Does it look like Spencer Rattler has full command of the offense? If that looks to be the case on Saturday, then again, I think that that should be a cause for optimism for South Carolina. Obviously, they're not going to unload the entire offensive playbook on Saturday night. They're going to keep things very vanilla, as Shabimur stated, because as he put it himself, quote, I'm not an idiot, and I know that other coaches are going to be watching what we do in our spring game. So we're not going to see Spencer Rattler maybe in his true potential in this offense, but the main thing is, does he do the little 
things right. That's going to be the main thing for us to watch with Spencer Rattler in Dow Loggins' offense. Now, Spencer Rattler is not the only quarterback that I think Gamecock fans are going to be looking forward to seeing on Saturday night. As the other quarterback that has garnered a lot of praise in spring up to this point for mainly his potential as the future at South Carolina's quarterback position is the pride of Florence in Lenoris Sellers. Now, Lenoris Sellers, obviously, he's not going to be the starter in year one. The only reason that that would happen would be if South Carolina had some major injury issues, say with Spencer Rattler, and more than likely Luke Doty or Tanner Bailey, all three guys that have been at South Carolina for at least a year in this kind of offense. This is going to be a little bit different for Lenoris Sellers, but if what his teammates have said this spring is any indication, Lenoris Sellers is a different beast in terms of his overall athleticism. He is a guy that his teammates commended for for his scrambling ability. As somebody that you think that you've got him right where you want him in the middle of a passing play, and then all of a sudden, he's running through the middle of the offensive line, and he's heading dead upfield for a first down. It's the kind of dual threat ability that South Carolina has not really seen since Connor Shaw in terms of both being efficient in throwing the football and also running with the football. Lenore Sellers might be the quarterback that since that time period bucks that trend. Luke Doty obviously as well also has some dual threat ability. But Lenore Sellers, I mean this is a kid that can stand flat footed on the football field and throw the football 50 plus yards. To put that in layman's terms, that's not something that you see a whole lot of 17 to 18 year olds doing on a football field. So... Lenore Sellers might not be the first quarterback out there after Spencer Rattler, but there's no question that the kid with the sports goggles is going to be that second quarterback that I think a lot of fans are going to be excited to see play in the spring game on Saturday night. But that does not mean, of course, that there aren't some intriguing storylines with the rest of this quarterback group. You got Luke Doty and Tanner Bailey, who are right now just by default, probably the second and third string quarterbacks on this roster based on the experience that they have and the fact they have been here around the block for at least a season, like I mentioned earlier. But Luke Doty is a guy that has earned praise from Shane Beamer and former offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield with how he got better in this offense as the year progressed this past year. Tanner Bailey is a guy that quietly people have said could be one of the most talented quarterbacks in this entire group and is somebody that, you know, had to run a little bit more of a complex offense when he played high school ball in Gordo, Alabama. So those two guys are going to be interesting to watch as well. But the last sort of storyline here with this quarterback group is... The battle between Braden Davis and Colton Gather, because let's be honest, I talked about this earlier in this offseason. There's no way that all these quarterbacks are sticking around long term. There's just no way. Spencer Rattler's starting this year. Luke Doty slash Tanner Bailey slash Lenore Sellers are starting next year. And then you've got two more quarterbacks, Braden Davis and Colton Gather, which not to say these guys don't have talent. They obviously have got their strengths. They have got attributes that made them attractive to SEC football programs. In the case of both, I think multiple SEC programs. But again, you can only have so many arms in your quarterback room. And so when I look at this spring game, I think this spring game is going to be extremely important for both of these guys. I'm not going to make it out like, you know, whichever one does worse between the two could be gone. But also, you know, the numbers have to work out somewhere. And Shane Beamer and his coaching staff... Carrying six scholarship quarterbacks, 
that might not be something that they exactly want to be doing heading into next season. They might want to use another scholarship at running back or at the edge position or maybe the wide receiver position, any other spot that they feel like that they need more guys at. And I don't think quarterback's one of those spots, and I think that's where you run into a quote-unquote good problem. You can only have so many. So if you don't do well enough in the spring game, that might be what makes Shane Beamer call you in his office and say, hey, look, we appreciate your time here, but you're going to have to look somewhere else if you ever want to make an impact for a football program. So, again, going to be interesting to see how all these guys play out, but especially Spencer Rattler, Lenore Sellers, and Brain Davis and Colton Gather likely in the second half of the spring game. But as I mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of intriguing storylines to follow, and there's another one on the offensive side of the ball, particularly with the skill positions that I'm going to be interested in watching on Saturday. We're going to talk about that in more detail in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking to make healthier choices for that snack stash you have hidden away in your kitchen cabinet, but you don't want to compromise taste, then you have got to try Built Bar and Built Puffs today. Why is that? Well, there's a bevy of reasons why Built Bar and Built Puffs are the protein bars for you. Firstly, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Everybody says, of course, dark chocolate is healthy for you than milk chocolate. They come in a variety of different flavors. They don't just come in chocolate, double chocolate, strawberry, and cookies and cream like most generic brands do at the store. They've got flavors like coconut, churro. They've got your cookies and cream, but they've also got milk but they've also got mint chocolate chip. You name it, Built has likely got it. And with each bar, you're only eating 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and just 4 grams of sugar. And here's the other thing. The best part, you no longer have to order these bars just online. You can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club today. At Walmart, if you go to the pharmacy section, you can grab yourself a four-bar box that includes various flavors. But if you want maybe a bigger box, you like to buy in bulk, so you don't have to go back to the store just a week or two later, then go to Sam's Club, where you can buy a 13-bar box. Built Bar is where Tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, the second main storyline that I'm going to be watching in this game is how does South Carolina's wide receivers behind Juice Wells look? We already know what South Carolina has got in Antoine Juice Wells. They got a guy who's an absolute dog. He's somebody who quite literally does not think that any other corner can beat him, or at least will beat him very easily if he's got it his way. He's a guy that's a gamer. He's clutch. He shows up when the moments are the brightest. And he's a guy that most believe this coming season will be one of the best in the SEC, if not all of college football. South Carolina has got the number one wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. But the real question here is, what about the guys behind him? They've got guys in Amari Brown, Xavier Leggett, and Eddie Lewis, who have played a lot of college football throughout their careers, but maybe have never exploded for a real noteworthy season nationally. They've also got other guys in backups like Peyton Mangrum, Omega Blake, Landon Sampson, Kyle Horton, and others as well. And so 
the point here obviously is Antoine Juice Wells is a great wide receiver, but here's the thing. Opposing defenses, especially in the SEC, these coaching staffs are not stupid. They're going to try to scheme up different ways to slow down Antoine Juice Wells, whether that may be shading a safety over to Antoine Juice Wells' side of the field, maybe having him in bracket coverage the majority of the time when their teams play against South Carolina, if they're able to do so. They're going to throw various looks at Antoine Juice Wells, and at the very minimum, maybe try to make him work harder to make these big plays happen like he did, especially late last season. So, because of that, these other guys, especially with all the attention Juice Wells is going to draw, it is time to show up. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Here's the problem, though. So far this spring, at least based on the comments of Shane Beamer from both of South Carolina's scrimmages, that has not completely happened, per se. Apparently, against an undermanned secondary that has dealt with a lot of injuries so far in spring practice. In the first scrimmage, Coach Beamer lamented that there was a lack of explosive plays. Now, obviously, you know, there could be a bevy of reasons why that's the case. It's your first time, again, really running a full-blown 11-on-11 scrimmage in a new offense, an offense that is simpler, that maybe has a little bit less plays. And obviously, when you got a defense that is repping against that offense every day, they can get down the terminology quite quickly, and they can play a lot better when they quite literally know what you're going to do. But if that wasn't enough, in the second scrimmage, which was just two days ago, South Carolina offensively went three and out on five of the first six possessions. Now that has got me concerned a great deal because this is not the progress that you want to see. Honestly, it's regression, actually. You don't want to see your offense regressing as spring practice goes along. Again, especially when you are facing a secondary that does not have all of its starters fully healthy and available. Now, obviously, South Carolina secondary, they've got some solid studs back there. Nick Evanwory is a stud. DQ Smith is a stud. Marcel's dial, when he's fully healthy, I think is going to be a stud at corner this next season. And Torian Gray has proven that he knows how to develop and teach these young defensive backs. But for South Carolina's receiver group, seemingly, to struggle as much as they have these first two scrimmages, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens on Saturday night. Because based on the reporting so far in spring, it's not Spencer Rattler that's the reason why this offense has not been doing so great in these 11-on-11 scrimmages. So, do these guys take this last scrimmage as a personal challenge? Do they go out there on Saturday night looking to make the secondary, in a way, look bad? Look, these guys are your teammates at the end of the day. But when you're in between those white lines, you are competitors. You've got to go out there, and you have got to try to make your fellow teammate look bad. Right? Because this offense needs to have some confidence that behind their guy, Antoine Juice Wells, out wide, They've got other guys they can rely on. And South Carolina's recruiting class for 2023, look, they're adding C.J. Adams. They're adding Kelton Henderson. And they also got Vakari Swain, who up to this point people have said is going to likely start out at cornerback. 
But if some of these guys do not have a great spring game performance, and again, this is going to be vanilla, and we're probably not going to see many deep passing plays. But here's my thing. When this offense decides to actually unload one from the chamber and really try to go after this defense on Saturday night, do they actually make some plays? Or does the defense get the better of them almost every single time? Because if the latter happens, guess what? C.J. Adams, Kelton Henderson, Bakari Swain, you might have a chance to play some wide receiver early here. Because, again, South Carolina, Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler, they came back because they feel like they left something on the table. That is verbatim, especially what Spencer Rattler has said in spring practice. He said it to Taylor Lewan and Will Compton on Busting with the Boys on that podcast appearance just a couple weeks ago. So, again... I'm not saying that a specific guy's got to show up, but some of these guys, I think that they know it's time. It's now or never. And you've got a once in a decade, once in a couple decades talent that's throwing the football to you. These wide receivers, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how they handle the pressure on Saturday night. Again, knowing what's happened the first two scrimmages based on what Coach Beamer has said, and the fact that now... You've got fans. They're going to all have their eyeballs on you. How do you respond? That is going to be something that I think we all are going to need to watch on Saturday night. All right, so there's one more storyline that I want to discuss for today's show. And this one, you might be thinking I'm about to say, how does South Carolina's defensive ends perform in the scrimmage? But I'm not going to say that one because, honestly, that would be the easiest answer here, and it would sound more so like a fill-in for what I did planning for this show. So I'm not going to use that one. Here's one that I think that's going to interest some fans. Who sticks out amongst South Carolina's linebacker core? That's a storyline that is going to probably carry all the way into the regular season in 2023. Obviously, South Carolina... They did not lose experience anywhere like they did at the linebacker position. Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson both had 12 years of college football experience that they took with them out the door back in January. And no matter which way you slice it, that is a massive blow for Clayton White and this defensive coaching staff. Losing that much experience, losing two guys that had been through all the ups and downs, that could help maybe keep the ship righted mentally in some of these tight ball games. Now, Clay White and this staff are going to be relying on a linebacker room that I gotta say, I think is deeper, and I think has an intriguing variance of skill sets heading into this next season. Debo Williams and Stoneblad are the two veterans out of this group. Williams, obviously, is heading into his third season. He was primarily a special teamer in year one. Last year, saw a lot more snaps at linebacker. And now this year, seems to be in line to maybe be one of the starters. Just, again, purely based on how long he's been here at South Carolina. Stone Blanton is another guy that has gotten some praise from some people throughout spring practice. He's a guy that... You know, last season, obviously, being a freshman, playing at a spot that's as important as the linebacker position, you know, life comes at you fast when you're in the SEC, when you see how fast even the offensive linemen move. So, it's not always going to be pretty. But the thing is, for Stone Blanton, 
He is one of the hardest workers on this football team. He's a guy that has been labeled as a first one in, last one out type of guy. And that goes for the weight room. That goes for the film room. And Shabby even joked earlier in the spring that he believes that one time he came to the building and Stoneblad had actually fallen asleep one night when he was trying to study film at the Long Family Football Operations Center, which just tells you how much Stone Blanton dedicates to the game of football. So I think that Stone Blanton is also in line to start. But both of these guys play very similarly. They're both downhill linebackers. They like to lay the wood. These are two guys that their strengths primarily lie in rush defense. So I'm going to be very interested to see how both of these guys do. Pup Howard is another guy who will be interesting to watch on Saturday night. Obviously, this is another guy that a lot of people are excited about. Somebody that, according to Shane Beamer, has been around the football constantly in practice. Is somebody that comes from a military family and could be a future captain of the defense. He has those kind of qualities. And he's also a bit of a throwback. But Grayson Pop Howard also has got a few other qualities that some throwback linebackers would not have. He can run sideline to sideline just fine. He can also handle himself quite well when it comes to the short field passing game and going back into coverage. Grayson Pup Howard is just all around everything that you want in a linebacker. And I think that as time wears on and as we get closer to the fall, I think that Pup Howard could be a guy that could also push for significant snaps here at linebacker. Especially if, let's say, one of the two guys in front of him, maybe they just don't do as well when they're in that starting role. So, Pup Howard, no doubt, somebody to watch in this defensive front on Saturday night. And then lastly, you've got the three guys that are sort of not mentioned as often as the other three, but... These guys all could help this team in other ways. Bam Martin Scott, Donovan Westmoreland, and Jerron Willis, the transfer linebacker out of Ole Miss. Each of these guys have skill sets that make them the perfect fit for being a blitzing linebacker. And here's the thing. South Carolina, very clearly, unless things just bounce their way, with George Stroud coming back from an ACL injury, and Desmond Mozu, let's say, just blows up, has a phenomenal freshman campaign. Maybe Montague Rames, he gets through the legal issues he's going through right now, and he comes back motivated to just get after it on the football field, and he carves out a really good role. If those things don't happen, along with maybe the rest of the guys developing, pass rush is going to be a problem for South Carolina. It will be. No matter how good the interior defensive line is, and I think that's a very deep group, South Carolina's going to have to get creative and find some other ways to probably generate pressure this season. I think these three linebackers could really help out in that area. So again, as Coach Beamer has already stated, this game is going to be vanilla. They're not going to showcase a lot of their convoluted concepts with their playbooks. But... If I was claimed by the defensive coaching staff, I would be intrigued to see how do these guys do in a couple of specific blitz packages where we have maybe a Bam Martin Scott and a Jerron Willis line up at linebacker. Maybe Donovan Westmore and Jerron Willis line up on the edge, on the outside, the offensive tackles. Those would be some really fun and interesting formations. Again, I don't think we're going to see too much of that, but I think that that would be something that could help offset some of the potential pass rush issues that South Carolina's defense could have in 2023. And for that reason, this entire linebacker core, a bunch of intriguing storylines to follow 
with each and every one of these guys. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on all the storylines I mentioned about Spencer Rattler and how he runs Dow Loggins' offense, about the receiver group and how they respond to what has been a apparent lackluster spring practice in terms of the scrimmaging environment, and how the linebacker core is going to do on Saturday night. If you've got some other storylines that you're going to be following that I did not mention on today's show, be sure to drop them down in the comments section on YouTube. I want to be able to interact with all of you and get your thoughts on this football team. Or you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. Once again, thank y'all so much for listening or watching today's show. I really, truly appreciate it. If you're looking for more content from the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, be sure to subscribe and click the bell on YouTube so you don't miss out on future shows. Or you can give us a follow wherever you get your audio podcast daily. Again, apologize for not sounding so great again. I'm still sick, but I don't want to wait any longer to get this content out for all of you for what is going to be a massive weekend in Gamecock country with Shane Bloomer's football program. Thank y'all once again. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.